The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. When the days were completed for their purification according to the law of Moses, the parents of Jesus took him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Just as it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that opens the womb shall be consecrated to the Lord and to offer the sacrifice of a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons in accordance with the dictate in the law of the Lord. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, awaiting the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he should not see death before he had seen the Christ of the Lord. He came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to perform the custom of the law in regard to him, he took him into his arms and blessed God, saying, Lord, now let your servant go in peace. Your word has been fulfilled. My own eyes have seen the salvation which you have prepared in the sight of every people, a light to reveal you to the nations and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother were amazed at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed him and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and the rise of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be contradicted. And you yourself a sword will pierce, so that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. The Gospel of the Lord. Good morning to everybody. It's kind of nice being able to preach an adult homily. You know, usually when I come here, I have to, first of all, look out and see what's waiting for me out there, and then figure out, okay, how am I going to bring this down to whatever grade level? Which, curiously enough, seems to be what most of the adults want anyway, but they just, uh, a lot of them don't admit it. <laughs> so, today you see me wearing red. We're in the Christmas season, but for the second time in just a couple of days, you see the priest up here wearing red. The reason is that we're celebrating the Feast of St. Thomas Becket, who was a martyr in the Church of England uh, in the 1100s. And just to give a little context, if, it's curious how immediately after Christmas, the church has this string of, if you want, martyrs. So Christmas Day, we know, is the 25th. So what's uh, December 26th? St. Stephen, the church's first martyr. He was a deacon. The next day, St. Stephen was martyred both not, he, he simultaneously agreed to his martyrdom, and he actually got his martyrdom, okay? The following day is St. John the Evangelist. St. John the Evangelist, they tried to martyr, so he agreed to his martyrdom, but he's the only one of the apostles who didn't actually get martyred. What does that mean? It means they tried to kill him. They actually tried to boil him in oil, and he just, you know, it's like he sat in the hot tub for a little while and came back out as if nothing happened, and then they, it's true, true story. So the Romans tried to martyr St. John, they couldn't, so then they exiled him to the island of Patmos, and because of that, that's where he wrote the book of Revelation, the Apocalypse. The following day, we have the slaughter or the massacre of the innocents. They didn't agree to be martyred, but they were anyway. And they were symbols of, if you want, the persecution that the Christ child would face. 
And today you have St. Thomas Becket, who both agreed to be martyred and actually got martyred. Um, so four days in a row you have this theme in this, uh, kind of ironically, in this context of Christmas. And today's gospel, which was the same whether or not we celebrate the feast day or just the day of the Christmas octave, we see the presentation of the temple and what does Simeon proclaim? He says, first of all, he blesses God, saying, Lord, let your servant go in peace, because finally I have gotten to see the Christ, the one I've been waiting for. But then he says, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and the rise of many in Israel, to be a sign that will be contradicted. So the coming of the Messiah does not necessarily mean that things are going to be peaceful and wonderful and snuggly. The Messiah is coming in order to be contradicted and that many people are going to rise in Israel and many people are going to fall in Israel, but he's going to cause turmoil, not because he wants to, but because he's going to preach a message and his life will be a message and each one of us has to choose how are we going to accept it. Now, the Feast of St. Thomas Becket, I think, is something always relevant to us. I think in today's day and age, it's becoming increasingly relevant again. Thomas Beckett, I don't know if you ever saw the movie back in the 1960s when a young Peter O'Toole played King Henry II, he was pretty funny, and Richard Burton played Thomas Beckett. Um, Thomas Beckett was a young guy who had studied, had been the assistant to the Archbishop of Canterbury, which at the time was the most important bishop in England in the 1100s. And then uh, he studied in Rome, studied canon law, but then the archbishop lent him to the king, and the king made him chancellor, and he became a good friend of King Henry II, who was kind of a scoundrel. And Henry II was a guy who was constantly, he's doing something that governments always try to do. He was trying to constantly expand the power of the government and take over things that didn't necessarily belong to the government. Today we would just call that big government. So Henry II was very much a big government guy, at least according to the standards of the day. And Thomas Becket resisted him, and he constantly defied him and even threatened the excommunication of the king in defense of the church's rights. And things came to a head, and King Henry II famously said, probably just floated the expression out there, who will rid me of this turbulent priest. And some of the knights overhearing that said, well, I guess that's us. So they took matters into their own hands. And as Thomas Becket was leading prayers in the church, the prayer of Vespers in the evening, they came in with their swords and killed him in the church. And that caused a revolution in England and so on and so forth. Now the reality is this. There will always be a tension between politics and the church, or between not just politics, but between us and God's will, so to speak. There's always going to be a tension between human beings that have our interests at, my, at stake and what God's will is. And even in the gospel, when the people tried, to, they asked Jesus, and they brought to him, they said, uh, should we pay tax to Caesar or not? 
Jesus said something revolutionary at the time. He said, give me a coin. He said, whose image? Okay, this is Julius Caesar's image. He says then, render unto Caesar what is Caesar's, but unto God what is God's. To us, that makes total sense. But at the time, it was revolutionary. What he said was the following, which was revolutionary. Separation of church and state. So there is a domain that was... That belongs to the government and to civil authority, and we have to respect them, but also render to God what is God's. And there's, when the civil authority starts encroaching upon what belongs to the realm of God, for example, the education of our children, in public school is nothing wrong with it, it's done a lot of good, but when the educational system starts enforcing that our children are going to learn things that we as parents may not approve of, and the state starts saying, well, you don't have anything to say about it. Well, wait a minute, whose children are they anyway? Simple example. When the government starts encroaching upon things that are proper to the conscience of the family or proper to the church or proper to the domain of God, then we have to have the courage to stand up. And standing up, that's going to mean sometimes things are uncomfortable. So uncomfortable that you may end up having four knights come in and kill you in the middle of your prayers in the Cathedral of Canterbury, like St. Thomas Becket. So Thomas, I think, is a reminder to us that this Christ child that is being born, this Christ child that we're celebrating, is a division, a line of demarcation in history. We cannot be neutral to the birth of Christ. He's going to demand that we take sides. And that taking sides is going to demand that, yes, there's going to be, hopefully, lots of those warm, snuggly Christmas moments that we always think of in front of the fireplace. But there are going to be times that choosing Christ is uncomfortable. And that it's going to require of us, am I willing to sacrifice? Am I willing to stand up when things are difficult, even if it may ultimately cost me my very life? In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.